You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 97th program of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that's been dedicated to social change for over 23 years. I'm Jennifer Burrell. Jacques isn't with us today as he's in the thick of Borderlands' move to its new location in Footscray, which he's been talking about for the last few programs. But we do have with us Nikki Marshall, so Nikki's worked for many years towards system change and collective collective ways of living that are sustainable and regenerative. Today, Nikki's going to tell us about some really inspiring democratic renewal happening in central Victoria with community members getting together and getting locals elected to Hepburnshire Council so people from the community who can truly represent them and how radical does that sound? <laughs> So welcome to the program, Nikki. Thanks, Jennifer. Mm. I met Nikki through Borderlands Cooperative and the Oasis Graduate School. So I guess, firstly, Nikki, what's your relationship with Borderlands and Oasis? Yeah, I was uh, one of the very fortunate ones to be able to study with Oasis Graduate School and do my Master's in Sustainability and Social Change. Um, And I've also worked on and off with Borderlands and with Jacques. Um, In particular, one of the things we did was uh, run the Local Lives Global Matters Conference in Castlemaine in 2015. Mm, Yes, I remember that. Well, that was a great conference and a lot of activism's really come out of that I think in especially yeah. in terms of shared economies and uh, common ways of sharing resources and doing things in especially around central Victoria. Yeah that's true. Mm. So today we're going to talk about a project you've been intimately involved in uh, to get people elected at a local level to actually represent people in decision making. It does seem timely to talk about this with the recent sexual abuse scandals happening around the federal government. That really put a spotlight, I think, on how unrepresentative our federal parliament really is. And it's very visible, predominantly old white men. Uh, They don't look like a cross-section of the population at all, as we know people. Uh, But there's even more to it, as we discussed a few programs ago. MPs are largely drawn from a small elite who attended certain expensive and exclusive private schools. So in the program where we discussed that, we called them children of the gods. So it's probably no wonder a lot of politicians seem really quite oblivious to the situations and problems and also aspirations of so-called ordinary people in the community. Uh, They're so far removed. 
with that in mind, it's really great, I think, that we have Nikki Marshall on the program today to talk about Community Voice, which is a group which engaged fellow community members to get locals elected to local government. Nikki, can you tell us what Community Voice is and why was it formed? Uh, what was the context and how did you become involved? Yeah, good question, Jennifer. Um, perhaps I'll start with a story um, because I think the story is a really important catalyst for how the group got started. Mm. So I want uh, you to imagine that um, you're in this special council meeting in November 2019 and the focus of the meeting was to hear from um, concerned residents of the community about um, the council's plans for local lords number two. Mm. So it's a crowded room, it's standing room only, people are rolling in, um, councillors are sitting behind the tables at the front and the mayor opens the meeting and immediately there's a hostile energy. It's all mm. about rules, three minutes to speak, no clapping, there's no welcome, there's no thanks. Mm. And it it's um, And it's my turn to speak and I walk to the podium and the councillors and the officers seem to be really po-faced, um, so, you know, basically to appear totally disinterested. Mm-hmm. And the three-minute clock is ticking and I'm speaking about the importance of being able to salvage from the tip so that we can reduce waste. Uh, I'm talking about the importance of encouraging rather than prohibiting farm gate sales and I'm questioning the need for permits for community meetings. Mm. So focusing on trying to focus on community priorities and challenge this kind of risk management um, approach that seemed to be coming from council. Mm. So the three-minute bell rings, a mid-final sentence, I'm cut off, the next person's name is called. So people were not even allowed to finish their sentence. Wow. So at least 20 local speakers and people were really um, impassioned, reasoned, respectful and solution-focused. Um, and the, the, the sort of general thrust was we're local people, we want local bespoke laws that reflect our local needs and our local values. And I think that everyone, certainly I was, but I think everyone was deeply shocked by the attitude of the mayor and the councillors. It felt like we'd gone back to the divine right of kings and queens Mm. and there seemed to be a significant kind of resistance to our proposals. Mm. So that was... Um, That was November 2019 and then fast forward six months to May 2020. Um, So this was five months prior to to our most recent local government elections and I received a phone call from Ross who's a friend of mine and it was the middle of COVID lockdown so I wasn't looking for anything particularly new. In fact, I was really enjoying having a bit of peace and quiet Um, but I also felt really compelled by the memories of that, that particular council meeting so that I could join up and be part of this, what was really a kind of a a Whitlam-esque feeling, a feeling Mm. of it's time for change. So that was really the beginning of how uh, Community Voice was formed. It was a a diverse, or it is, a diverse group of local people across all local government wards here working together to bring about democratic renewal in Hepburn Shire. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, quite a stunning story, really. It sounds quite 
alienating to be standing up and talking as members of the community and it sounded like you were almost treated like enemies. Yeah, that's certainly what it felt like. And I guess it's an interesting thing that um, it did become a real catalyst for bringing bringing people together. So many people jumped on board as a result of that sense of we're not being represented here. Mm. Um, And I guess that's sort of part of the platform for Mm -hmm. uh, Community Voice, that what we felt was really important was um, that we we need participatory or active democracy, that what we have currently is representative democracy and we've lost trust in our Mm. elected representatives. And in a way, what what has inadvertently happened is that we've handed over our decision-making rights and responsibilities. And it's time now to reclaim those responsibilities. Yeah. So it sounds like that was the beginning of the platform because you all got to hear what each other's priorities were. So can you tell us a bit about how you decided on the policies or the platform of the people to be elected on behalf of the people and and how did you go about getting them elected to council? Yeah, sure. So I guess we felt um, that there needed to be a two-pronged approach. So, um, yes, we needed quality independent candidates who were committed to participatory democracy, committed to working in partnership with the community, but we also felt that we needed more than just system change. We needed more than just the elected representatives, that we Mm -hmm. needed um, significant system change Mm -hmm. um, because the elected representatives wouldn't be able to do that on their own. So that's why we developed what we've called the Living Charter of Participatory Democracy. So we got together as as community develop, uh, community members and developed that um, Living Charter. And the reason we've called it a Living Charter is we don't see it's fixed and immutable. It's, it's there for us. Um, it's there to be developed and changed and grown depending on um, the needs that we currently have. Mm. So we also felt so, yes, so good quality independent candidates, broader system change, um, really advocating the living charter of participatory democracy, but also advocating other participatory democracy models such as people's assemblies, kitchen table conversations, um, and and I guess really trying to revamp that um, that current system that we have of representative democracy. Mm. And so, do you want sorry? me to talk a little bit about the um, the process of recruiting mm. the candidates? Yeah, that would be great. The the process of recruiting and then getting them elected, I guess. Yeah, mm. sure. So we felt it was really important to um, reach out widely and to make sure we had representatives across all five wards within the Shire. And we asked all um, Community Voice candidates to sign up to the Living Charter. And the Living Charter, I touched on that a little bit before, um, it, I, I, it what I think there are, there is much in the Living Charter, and if people want more information, they can go to the Community Voice website, um, uh, Community Voice Democratic Renewal for Hepburn Shire um, is a is a good one to Google. Um, and I guess the thing is, we felt it was it was really important that the charter focus on being inclusive. 
um, that it focus on um, trying to reach consensus. So consensus through diversity, diverse, diverse views coming together but coming into a consensus, and also listening. We felt that the previous councils councillors were just not interested and council officers just not interested in listening um and so yeah so i guess um those were things that were really important we had things within the charter that were about what we believe like collaboration with the community between the community and the council mm-hmm. um what candidates need to be held a council a- accountable for so things like consensus um, through diverse views, mm-hmm. and also a number of vi- um, values and and principles and processes, things like inclusion and reaching out widely mm-hmm. to the community. Mm-hmm. So one, I, I'll go on and just tell you a little bit about the um, the actual election. Um, mm-hmm. So we had five months sort of to prepare, and it was it was a very intense five months, but. Um, I must admit, um, I remember the excitement um, that I felt as I I was scrutineering um, at one of the polling booths and the results were coming in and there was a real buzz um, and it it seemed that in each of the wards, um, there was only one ward where we didn't have a community voice um, representative, the other uh, four wards we did, um, and the results were coming in, and they were looking really, really positive. So there are five wards in Hepburnshire and mm-hmm. seven positions, and Community Voice got four out of seven of those. Well, seats. that well, is yeah. incredible. Yeah, and, and I should say they're not aligned with political parties or anything like this. No, that was a really important point that we felt the candidates needed to be independent candidates not aligned with any political party but Mm -hmm. their only alignment was with a commitment to participatory democracy. The other Mm. thing that happened in addition to that four out of seven, so a majority of community voice candidates uh, won seats, but it was also a real clean sweep um, election. I talked about that earlier, that sort of Whitlam-esque feeling of yeah. its time. I think right, even though, even for people who didn't necessarily know Community Voice well enough to vote for Community Voice candidates, they certainly wanted a change. So six mm. out of seven um, uh, councillors were new. That, that um, is incredible. And the other yeah. ones, sorry, Nikki, the other ones are aligned uh, in spirit or philosophy I, with I think that... Yeah, I think that there is certainly um, much greater alignment with um, the other three candidates than was the case um, with the previous council. I think that it's mm. fair to say it's, mm. um, and there certainly is a general support for um, the the charter, but I think it's also, uh, it's about working together. And I think that was mm. something really wanted to do not just to just just to focus on community voice candidates but to make sure that we opened opened the circuit opened uh, opened the circle I suppose and were really building constructive relationships with all councillors and all community members and I think that so that's that's what I see is happening now is um, really constructive relationship building with um, all of the between all of the councillors mm. between the council and the community. That, that's 
Well, you've certainly succeeded past, it sounds like, past everyone's expectations to this point. We'll go to, on that note, we'll have a music break. They came by Great Aunt and we'll return to our conversation after that.
accented women. It seems so obvious to me that if you live in a in a completely violent um, cultural milieu, that it's going to translate into every aspect of women's lives. Accented women. What's a border? They don't see it like a big wall right along the. How can people live ordinary lives when they're living in such an extraordinary situation where there are two, where there are armies there and terrorists there and such conflict every single day of their lives? Accented women. A show by and about women from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds. On Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Think Again 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today I'm talking with Nikki Marshall about how community members got together to bring about true participatory democracy in the Hepburn Shire in central Victoria, uh, getting impressively getting four councillors elected out of seven seats. So, Nikki, uh, Community Voice, as you've described, has evidently been a great success and I'm sure will provide inspiration and ideas for many people wanting to do something similar. Um, to provide us with some guidance or people who are interested in doing something similar, can you talk about some of the difficulties or um, pitfalls on the way or things to look out for and also what worked really well about what you did and led to the success of Community Voice in engaging the community and getting representatives elected? Yeah, sure, Jennifer. Um, Yeah, I'll just touch on what I think um, was one of the big pitfalls. Um, And in some ways, I also want to say that um, the successes and the challenges are also intertwined. Um, It's not not necessarily able to uh, keep them separate. So I guess on the one hand, I guess one of the pitfalls was the time pressures. Um, So on the one hand, yes, even in the five months, it's remarkable what we were able to achieve. But the pressure um, to do all of what needed to be done in five months was um, was significant, and there were some burnt. There were some people who felt felt pretty burnt out at the end of it. There were some resignations at the end of the um, election process. I think it meant we, as a group, we weren't a, we didn't have an adequate time to clarify our values um, as mm. a group, and so that led to some tensions, and it certainly compromised our commitment to decision a consensus decision making for ourselves, that sort of walking the talk. And yes, there are a number of mm-hmm. occasions when we were um, really able to do that consensus decision making, but there were other times when time pressures really pushed um, pushed our ability to be able to do that well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. the other thing too is that that limited time meant we mm-hmm. that um, what I would have liked to have seen was much more time to um, connect with the other candidates. So shifting away from that them and us, uh, this is community mm. voice and, and uh, the rest of them are others, but we, I felt and others felt very strongly that it was about how can we, how can we engage um, our councillors, all of them who are standing um, in mm. in that whole, in moving much closer towards participatory democracy. Yeah. So working... Yeah, it, really con- it really contrasts with the usual adversarial approach in politics. Exactly. We wanted to move right away from the adversarial approach. And certainly um, we did to some extent, and there was some great work done by a number of different people with interviews and discussions, but time was 
was it was a real pressure. So I think for me, one of the learnings out of that is um, when you think about the Black Lives Matters movement, um, mm. there's a principle in there which is about we can only move at the speed of trust. And mm. I think that that's been something that I felt very strongly um, during the that whole process and that I feel is incredibly important now. So and Nikki, takes sorry. time. Yeah, so Nikki, I was just going to say, would you say that for people doing this in the future, try to make much more time than what you had available? Say? Absolutely. My feeling is start now. And we've said that to other other groups in other local government areas. We've just had the elections in October last year. We've now basically got three and a half years before the next election. Mm. I would be strongly advocating people start now, wow. um, really build those relationships, build the work, develop the um, the charters um, and, and really get that groundswell. So mm. I think we were very lucky because the catalyst was there and there was such a sense of, there was such a deep sense of frustration, but mm. I don't think that, I think five months is a, a super short time to yeah. try and achieve something. And I think that, um, you know, this is a long-term process. Yeah. So like I wish we, well, we, we probably have half a minute if you wanted to add something and then I'm afraid we've run out of time. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, maybe um, just just to a couple of very quick things that I think are important in terms of positive learnings. Um, one is start at the places of rupture. Bayo Akamalafe, the Nigerian-born philosopher, he talks about that. That's where the cracks are. That's where the work has already begun. I think that's really important. Also, don't engage with the toxic. Um, we were called whinges and anarchists, but we just ignored that. I think mm -hmm. the other thing that's really important is reaching out to the wider community, reaching beyond the usual suspects, people of different philosophical persuasion, different geographical places within the Shire, um, long-term people who've lived in the area long-term, people who are new. Um, oh. And uh, I so I think that's that reaching out is really important. And the last oh. thing I would say is that it's really important to acknowledge that democratic renewal is a long-term process. Oh. Real, ta real change takes time and it, the election is actually just the beginning, not the end. Wow, what a great uh, note to end on. And I guess that really emphasises something we've talked about a lot in this program is the importance of cultivating, nurturing relationships. And that's to do with our networks, relationships with each other and, of course, as well as with um, the environment and the world around us. So, And that takes time. So thanks so much for sharing your knowledge and wisdom today, Nikki, and the experience of Community Voice. It's been a real pleasure and I know Jacques and I would love to touch base further down the track and see how it's all going. Sure thank you very much Jennifer. Mm -hmm. Jennifer it's a pleasure to be able to share a bit of that story and like I said it's just the beginning. Mm -hmm. Thanks very much. Thank you. And for our community service announcements, on another note, uh, for our community announcement today, I'd really like to put the spotlight on homelessness, even though I know I'm stepping sideways a bit from our main topic, because it's it was already a huge problem, but we're at the start now of an avalanche, an avalanche of homelessness with the ending of COVID supplements to Centrelink and the end of a moratorium on evictions in Victoria 
to name a couple of things. But uh, renters should be aware that there have been changes in rental laws in Victoria that provide more protection. And importantly, you don't have to move out just because you get a notice to vacate. There are steps that have to be followed first. So don't ignore it, but it doesn't mean you have to move out straight away. Um, If you get a notice to vacate, you should get advice ASAP. Uh, You can ring Tenants uh, Victoria's Renter Advice Line. Um, That's 94162577, 94162577. And I'll put other numbers on our program page on the uh, 3CR website and also some um, information about campaigning if you'd like to join some campaigns to do something about this. So to finish, uh, thanks for listening to Think Again once more on 3CR Community Radio today. If you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program or anything, um, or if you'd like to get in touch with Community Voice, uh, you can email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au and we'll also put Community Voice's website that Nikki gave on our program page. Our programs are available by podcast on various podcast platforms and via the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Thanks also to Clive Bourne for technical production and for music selection. Meanwhile, stay tuned for the following program, Jailbreak. Jailbreak gives a voice to our brothers and sisters in prison. To bring us into this program, we have World Turning by Yofu Yindi. I've been looking for